Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today, I am here with a fellow military child, Terry. So, Terry, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me. It's great. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So tell me what it's like uh, growing up as a military child and your experiences. So I kind of come from a unique family in that I'm actually a fourth generation military member. So both of my um, grandfathers were military. Both of my parents were military. My great grandfather was military. And my husband's military. So um, I've got a friend who kind of jokes that my family is like the military version of the Kennedys, where we've been <laughs> so entrenched in this world for so long um, that for me and my family, like we, we don't necessarily think anything of it. So. Um, like I said, my parents are Army. Um, my mom ended up uh, joining the reserves a little bit later. So my dad is the one that we moved around for primarily. Um, he's an armor officer. So I spent a lot of time um, like Fort Stewart, Fort Irwin, you know, all the really glamorous places the Army has to offer. Um, <laughs> moved around a lot, um, as any military brat can probably attest to. I think that, you know, probably was the hardest part growing up, but um, it also made my family a little bit stronger. I think um, I've got a brother who's only a year younger than me. Yeah. So again, like getting into my parents really understood what we were going through because they were military kids as well. Um, and then now, you know, with me being an active duty service member with my kids, um, kind of looking at it through that lens as well. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. And thank you so much for your service. And Literally, I mean, your whole family, I think that's just so incredible that it's gone on for so many generations. Yeah, it's so interesting, too. You know, my brother, um, like I said, he's a year younger than I am. And it's very much like a nature versus nurture kind of analysis, if you look at the two of us. So yeah, we're pretty much in exactly, you know, the same circumstances a year apart. So we're twins for all intents and purposes. But um, we kind of went separate like our life trajectories kind of took a different turn. Um, we're still very close, obviously, but I, um, you know, ended up joining the service and I've, you know, been in the Air Force for 13 years now and I married a service member and um, I kind of took that, like the Weber kid track that you would kind of expect. <laughs> and he's a little bit more of our free spirit. Um, he's like our hippie that lives up in Seattle and, you know, he really likes kind of the the rooted lifestyle, you know, he's very close with his friends. He doesn't like the thought of moving a lot. Like, it's just a very different, like we kind of took our experiences different ways with our lifestyle, which is kind of interesting. Right. You know, you wanted to, uh, in a sense, embrace it more and carry that throughout your lifestyle where he was like, all right, I've had enough of this, you know, yeah, we're, right? we're done. <laughs> this this is not yep. the rest of my life. That's it. The adventures were fun. Let's do, let's do something different. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which there's nothing wrong. And I love that, you know, having both aspects of it. My sister and I are about 15 months apart. So very similar yeah. to about a year. Um, and so, you know, going back through our story, you know, you live just about every single same experience as your sibling does being that mm -hmm. close. Um, but you have different perceptions of it, different ways of remembering it, and, you know, different outcomes of your life. 
Yeah. What is your sister? Are you guys pretty similar in terms of how you think of military life now? Or is it kind of like me and my brother where it's very different? I think we're pretty similar to the extent of like we both appreciate it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's the same way with you and your brother, that appreciation for the lifestyle. Um, But she's more closed off. She's more Mm -hmm. introverted where I have that extroverted. I am very much a traveler. I want to travel the world, see the world. I want to be a military spouse, like you know, so I I think it's pretty similar, but um, also like, I don't know. I think she's still trying to figure out what path she wants to go on exactly. Um, yeah. So it's it's in it's interesting nonetheless seeing the the similarities and differences because you all grew up with the same lifestyle. Um, yeah. But then how it shapes you and how how you take that and apply it to you know your adult life. Yeah, exactly. And the the things that you take out of it that you see as positives and negatives and what you appreciated about it and what you didn't like about it is also different based on the person. So I think that's really interesting too, you know, as a military service member, looking at it from the perspective of my kids is, you know, yes, they're growing up in the same environment that I did. You know, they're like you mentioned, like pretty much going through it at the same time together, going through the same shared experience. But with them being such different people, you know, you can't just kind of put a label on this is what a military kid feels like. This is how they're going to move forward in their life. Like it is very much a individualized kind of experience, I think. And it's so important for for parents and other siblings and, you know, people who support the military in general to understand it's not a it's not a one size fits all kind of experience, even if it is, you know, the same experience, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because it like you said, it's not one size fits all. You have to tailor it to everyone, their circumstances, their situations. Some people may love moving. Some people hate it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And you can hate one move and you can love the next move. Like, that's okay, yep. too. <laughs> so it really is something that going through the lifestyle, you know, and you, you learn things along the way. You might be five when you have your first move and you might be, you know, 18 when you've had your 10th move, you know. And so that's not going to be the same, you know, throughout the whole experience. You learn, you grow, you adapt. Military kids, military families are so resilient. And some people say that that word is so overused. I don't think it is. I think it's so true. And it holds true to our military families that you know, you just roll with your pu- the punches. You take what you can when you can and yeah. enjoy every moment of it. No, exactly. It's interesting, too. I was talking to my parents once, and, you know, they're both uh, children of uh, service members as well. So they were running the math as to how many times they moved in their lifetimes because it was from the time they were born to the time that, you know, my dad retired a couple years ago. Um, and it was something absurd. It was like 45 or 46 six times that they've moved in their lives. Wow. Um, so <laughs> just like, you know, you, you think about the military as being a source of adventure, like if you don't like where you're at, it's going to change. So just hang on <laughs> until you get to a point where you, know, you like it a little bit better. You can always come on that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, especially with that active duty lifestyle, you know, you said your mom transitioned in the reserves. My dad was a reserve soldier, uh, you know, for most of my childhood. So we didn't get the that super moving around lifestyle that you get in a reserve family. But, you know, it's so, so interesting seeing a military base and being on there for, you know, living there for the first time because reserves are, you know, not on a base. They are 
in the middle of nowhere in, you know, surrounding cities, things like that. And so our first transition to a military base and seeing that transient, like, lifestyle of going in and out is so unique. And like you said, if you don't like where you're at, give it a couple of years, you're going to be gone yeah. most likely anyways. <laughs> well, it speaks to, I think, to some of the difficulties that reservists and their families face in that yeah. you aren't a part of that daily community. You know, like for me, like army posts is my, that's my hometown. Like I can go to any army post. If I hear tasks, if I hear call to quarters, you know, if I see soldiers PTing, like that is home for me right. versus reservists. You don't necessarily get that exposure. So you're kind of in this like double hat where you're living the civilian lifestyle, you know, as a family member, but then you're also kind of expected to step up into, you know, the military brat, the spousal role, whatever. So it, I think the reservists, it does paint a little bit of a different picture um, in terms of challenges than active duty, because we do have that kind of support system, whereas, you know, the reserve and the guard guys might not necessarily have that. Right. And I think that just goes to speak to two reserve families. You know, it was so challenging being in a school. My dad had a seven-year break in service. And so from the time I was an infant to the time I was eight or nine, you know, we were living the full-on civilian lifestyle, and then we added that military lifestyle mm -hmm. back into it. And so it was such a challenge, you know, knowing I was a military kid, you know, growing up and, you know, so prideful in that. But then it was the challenge of adding that back into it and going through these challenges of my dad being gone for training, you know, for a month or, mm -hmm. you know, when he left for deployment, being in the middle of a civilian community where nobody understands it. Yeah. And um, not having that hard. support system. Absolutely. No. And yeah. I think that speaks to all the good things that the military does from the active duty component, you know, on bases, on posts, is that you do have that support system, whether it be through official organizations or the spousal network or like CDC with the kids. And, you know, it. I think the military has kind of gotten to the point where they figured out that, oh, this is important. Like we need to support the <laughs> families. But then to your point, you know, like what about the citizen soldiers who, you know, come in on the weekends or, you know, get pulled back after seven years? It's, it's challenging for sure. I can see that being a, a really, really tough thing to go through as a spouse and as a kid and it's interesting too you know I think like for me and my experience like the military is like a no-brainer like I said the military is my home it makes yeah. sense to me but for people who aren't from that background and who didn't grow up with it I think it's so impressive those folks who decide to join and those people who support those members who decide to join kind of going into the great unknown because it really is an entirely different world you know like this is a parallel universe that we live <laughs> that not a lot of people understand and frankly, not a lot of people support sometimes. Um, right. So like, you know, for example, my husband's, um, his parents are first generation Americans. They're both immigrants. He's the first one in his family to go to college. The first one in his family to join the military. He joined the Marines. Like, you know, let's wow. just make yeah. this really <laughs> intense while we're at it, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. I think, yeah. But I think that's so interesting. And that really speaks to the caliber of people who join, you know, just out of nowhere. Like, again, for me, it just, it kind of made sense. I'm exposed to it. It's my lifestyle. Like that wasn't a big stretch for me, but I'm so impressed by people, you know, like my husband who do that and family members and like you kind of stepping up as a military kid and saying like, all right, this is what our family is going to do. This is what we're going to do. Like, I think that really speaks to the caliber of individuals, not only serving, but also, you know, serving through being a family member. 
Right. And especially, you know, if you join having no prior military connection, Mm -hmm. you are going into that parallel universe completely blind because you don't know what to expect. Absolutely. And it blows my mind that people are so brave to do that. I'm so (laughs) impressed by people who do that. And like even parents, you know, parents who look at their kids and if their kids want to serve and they're like, you know, this is what you want. Like, I'll support you. That blows my mind. Like, how brave are those individuals who are that supportive of the unknown? That's such a thing to me. Yeah, we have that kind of glimpse into the lifestyle. And if we, you know, we have that choice where we're like, all right, we know everything that could go on in this Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Like, let's jump into that. Or, you know, people like your brother saying, all right, this is not for me, like moving on. Um, Yeah. And so you see that, but then having no background to it, because literally you're learning a whole new language with the acronyms, with literally everything. Um, Yeah. The lifestyle, the words, like expectations, you know, like all the protocol stuff, all the ridiculous things that you don't even think about when you grew up in it. But, you know, now you're like, well, the rank structures, who's who, like, why is that house bigger than mine? What's the difference between officer and enlist? Like all these things that for those of us who grew up in it is really second nature to us. Like we knew that from the time we could walk versus the folks who come in. Like, I can't even imagine trying to learn all these new things while, you know, trying to have a career and manage a family. Like it's just, I'm so impressed by those people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And exactly. That's like one reason why I forget the, the, the specific um, statistics right now, but it's like one in every two military kids joins the military. It's something like that. And so like that's half of our military kids who grow up in this lifestyle and say, I'm going to join because you see that purpose behind it. You see that, that deeper, I mean, it's so hard. The, when my dad retired, transitioning out of that lifestyle is such a struggle and Mm -hmm. that's something you don't realize until it hits you because Mm -hmm. if you're separated from what you know at home is the military Mm -hmm. lifestyle and separating yourself from that is it's intense and so you know bringing yourself back and you're like oh this is you know this is where I feel at home this this these are my people this is my community Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny when my dad retired, we were saying we wish there was like a clock, like a cuckoo clock that would do all of the songs that played on most (laughs) during the day. So it starts with like, you know, uh, Reveille in the morning and then you retreat in the afternoon and call the quarters and chat. We were like, we just really miss stuff like that. You know, like the things that do become so ingrained in your lifestyle that not that you take for granted, but that you don't even register as being out of the norm until you don't have it anymore. You know, like going to the PX, going to the commissary, like yeah, all those little things, even just like going through the front gate, you know, to get back to your house. Like that was so weird for me when my parents moved, you know, when they retired and actually just bought a house somewhere. Yeah. Just saying we can just go. Like I don't understand. (laughs) So like I don't have to worry about security clearances for my friends to come visit me and all those little things. Yeah. Like that transition out, it's, it's tricky for sure. I can see how, I can see how people struggle with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of those things that, you know, like those, those songs that play every couple hours, you know, that's so annoying where it's like, really, do I have to stop and get out of my car again? (laughs) And then like, do I have to pull out my ID every time I just want to go home? Like it, can feel so annoying in the moment, mm-hmm. but then you look back and you're like, 
wait, like, you know, where yeah. is this? I like that was the, yeah, that was it. it. That was the home part. And I think you could even extend that to the bigger parts of military life too. Like moving every year, moving every two years, every three years, whatever it is. Like yeah. it's hard as a kid, as a spouse to like uproot, you know, it, it's tough. Like I, I get it. I speak from experience. Like I still have horrible anxiety, even thinking about cafeterias <laughs> at lunchtime, right? Like it's just every military kid's worst nightmare, but then you look back on your life and you look back on the lifestyle and you appreciate, you know, all those, all the things that moving so much and all those new opportunities and the new locations and the new friends and the new people and all of that brought you. And, um, you know, I think there's a quote from C.S. Lewis that says something like adventures are never fun while you're having them. Mm-hmm. And I have found that to be true in military <laughs> life. You know, like you look back and you're like, man, it was hard. It was scary. Like dad was in a dangerous circumstance. Like, all these things that really stressed you out at the time. But when you look back on it, you're like, you know, that was actually kind of special in a way, like, you know, getting to move every year and meeting these new people and having these new experiences and seeing the world. And, you know, it really, it does give you a sense of adventure, I think, um, for better, for worse. And it's just, yeah, it's important to remember that sometimes adventures are never fun when you're having (laughs) it's all fun in retrospect (laughs) it is exactly and you mentioned the people and the people of the military community are just there's some there's something else like it's undescribable the connections that you make just by being part of a military family and literally you grow your family because of the people who you are surrounded with and even being you know we talked about reserve families and being separated from, uh, you know, your, in a sense, like little community there because you're trying, yeah, this first. Yeah. Um, but once you're all together for like those family picnics or um, family events, and it's it's incredible to be around people who understand it, people who get it, people who, you know, really wants to be there for you. Absolutely. And I think there's something so special too about the military and how inclusive they are with families. You know, you don't necessarily see that on the outside. Like if you went to my next door neighbor and said, Hey, what's your coworker's kid's name? Like they wouldn't know aside from casual conversation. Right. But like, right. I will take care of my squadron mates, kids. Like I will look out for their wives when they're on missions, you know, like my husband's really good friends with one of Make sale together. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's very, it's an integrated kind of lifestyle that I don't think you necessarily get elsewhere. And I think that is what kind of makes it so special, which is what you were talking about. Like it really is a unique culture, a unique experience. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's so, it's so integrated. And I think that's the word I keep coming back to, but yeah. you know, you share it with your family and you don't get that anywhere else. Right. Especially if you grow up in the family that is living the civilian life and then you join the military, it's hard for them to understand what you're going through. They don't know what it's like going to basic training. And I mean, I don't know what it's like, but I know people who know what it's like. And so you don't know what it's like, uh, you know, deploying or something like that. And it's hard to explain to civilians what it's like. Because they try to understand, but they also, it's those, um, you have to live it to know it. and so, Exactly. And it's it's all relative too, right? So like if a yeah. civilian, if their partner is gone for two weeks yep. out of the year, like that's hard for them. I don't yeah. just count that. Like if that's what you're used to, that's hard. I got it. For military members, two weeks for us is like, 
nothing. Like you yeah. blink in their back. It's not a bit, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's theory of relativity. Like it's also different based on where you come from and what you're used to. And I think something important to remember for people who are supporting military families or even people in military families is just because you're used to something though, doesn't mean it's easy. Oh, like, absolutely. I got used to moving every year. It was still really hard. You get used yeah. to your spouse deploying. It's still really hard. Like, I think that's something that civilians struggle to understand is they're like, oh, you do it all the time. Like, you're used to it. You're used to it. You're used to it. You hear that all the time. I'm used to it, but it doesn't make it fun, right? Right. So I think it's something so important to understand, like, and to have that sense of community with other spouses, other kids, other family members, active duty service members. Like, we know and they know this is normal, but they know that it's not easy either. And that's, I think, where that support comes in that you were talking about. It's like, we know we do this all the time, but we still need to have that support system in place and still need to kind of integrate our families into this because it is such a lifestyle, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that because we might be expert box box packers. We may have done it like, you know, 40 times throughout our lives, but it doesn't make it fun. It doesn't make it easy. Try saying goodbye to somebody who you've grown so close to that you can say is your sibling Mm -hmm. and then having to be like, all right, I may never see you again. So bye. You know, see you later. Oh my gosh. That drive away. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's last, you say goodbye to your friends, you hug it out, you load up the car, dogs in the car and you drive off the post to go to your, oh my gosh. Like the whole car is sobbing uncontrollably. Like I know brother's friend like it's the worst and it doesn't get easier like you do every year you find these people you find these friendships these family members and it doesn't it doesn't get easier you know and I especially now like as a parent looking at all the things that my mom did you know for our family every time we had to move you know like the new school districts like what class I needed to get in where we were going to play volleyball and we get you know like where the horseback riding stables but all this stuff that you know, the spouses and the family members have to do to support these moves and these, this lifestyle. It's like, it is exhausting just thinking. Yeah. And she did it every year, but it didn't make it easy. Like that is hard. Yeah. I, you know, looking back at it now, one of the things my mom said is that she always tried to keep us in a routine. Um, Mm -hmm. especially when my dad got hurt, it was like keeping that routine. And so Mm -hmm. even in, the unorganized chaos, it was, here's your routine. You know, you Mm -hmm. wake up, you go to school. Um, At that time, we weren't in any like sports or anything, but it was like, you wake up, you go to school, you come home, you have a snack, you do your homework, you play, Mm -hmm. you craft, you watch TV, whatever, eat dinner, go to bed. Like that was Mm -hmm. our routine. With more added in there, obviously, but (laughs) you know, the basic structure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so moving from place to place to place to place like and adding those activities of you know extracurriculars and hobbies and you have to find ways to to integrate that everywhere you go Mm -hmm. because that's honestly what's important and like Mm -hmm. those extracurriculars getting yourself out there um I joined so many clubs you know I was the one on recycling club you know (laughs) like in sixth grade and so you do these things that have interest to you to just get yourself out there and integrate yourself into the new community because Mm -hmm. it's so important. It is absolutely. And I think this lifestyle too gives you a bit of flexibility as well and kind of redefining yourself everywhere you go. I think that's something that 
really interesting about military kids is they all have a very distinct sense of self when they become adults. And I think a lot of that comes with really having to know who you are at an early point in your life. And, you know, to your point, plugging yourself into these opportunities and testing different things out, right? Like that's the whole point of childhood is like, I'm going to play this sport, but I didn't really like it. So at the next assignment, maybe I'll try this one instead. Or, yeah. you know, recycling club's fun for now, but like, what about young Democrats or young Republicans or whatever it is, you know, like yeah. just having those opportunities to kind of start fresh. I think that's a different perspective too, that not a lot of civilians get because you're with the same people you've known forever, right? Like if you say, I'm going to try rowing crew in high school, your best friend from first grade is going to be like, Psh, like, no, we're doing dance together. We've always done dance together or whatever right. it is. Like, I think you do kind of get a little bit of flexibility in deciding who you're going to be and what you're going to do. And then that translates later on to kind of make you a, a well-rounded individual, you know, and all those things, all those tips and tricks and um, talents and things that you cultivated throughout all that kind of testing out as a child really kind of helps you out later in life with whatever it is you decide to do. Oh. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like the stuff that I did when I was younger that fell off the radar. And I was like, yeah, we'll move on from that. But then later has come back to be beneficial in my life as an adult. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I've played piano forever growing up. I was very, my mom was really all about like you guys would play an instrument. And my brother and I were very active piano players as children obviously as an adult that kind of fell off, but then, you know, I started writing a book series and I did it in rhyme. And I think a lot of the reason I was able to kind of effects, effectively execute the rhyme is because I had that musical background, you know, and I was able to kind of hear the meter and that type of thing. So yeah, stuff that you don't even think of as a kid, as a military kid, when you're just kind of dabbling and trying to get plugged into the community, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time, like that, it's going to make you who you are. And it's going to be advantageous when you get older and it's not necessarily something that everybody gets to experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to ask you, you know, you're writing these books. Like, what is that like for you? And, you know, what made you want to start that? Oh, no. Yeah, they're um, I love them so much. This has been like my fun <laughs> passion project. So, yeah, um, it started, you know, honestly, like we were talking about kind of integrating your life and how important that is into the military lifestyle. And when my son was a little bit younger, um, we still read to him every night, but my husband and I were reading him one night and I just remember being like, man, I wish there was a book about the C-17. Like I would love to share that part of my life with my kid. Um, the C-17 is a jet that I fly for the air force. So I was like, you know, I just, it would be so fun to like share this part of my life with him because yeah. not only is it my life, but it's going to be his life as he gets older too. You know, like I want him to understand what his mom does and like get excited about it and kind of be part of that piece of my life. Um, and my husband was just like, well, just write it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I could do that. That's kind of fun. Why not? So yeah, yeah I just started, I started writing the C-17 book. Um, Moose on a Mission was my first one. Um, and again, it just kind of was like a fun passion project. I'd like do it during lunch when I was at work or like after my son went to bed or just whatever I had time. And then I finished that one. I was like, you know, that was actually really fun. Like I like doing this a lot. Um, and it is kind of good. So I just yeah. kept going on and kind of building on the series. And um, yeah, now we've got three different books um, that got picked up by an amazing publisher. Um, they're going to be released next year. So we've got the C-17 one. There's another one on the KC-135, which is a air-to-air -air refueling tanker. And then another one on a F-22 fighter jet. So each one is kind of like a day in the life of each of these aircraft to hopefully show kids like this is what the mission is. Like this is what you're helping to contribute to while keeping it like fun and lighthearted and 
you know, the the good parts of picture books. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that because especially being Air Force child, you know, you know, well, I'm an Army child, but being an Air Force <laughs> child, you grow up around planes and you grow up mm-hmm. around these, you know, anything that can fly, you know, you grow up around it. And so (laughs) it's cool to see like a way to teach kids about it because kids just, you know, you see a picture of a plane and you know the Mm -hmm. name and you associate that and that's what it is. But you don't necessarily know the mission behind it. You don't know what it does. You don't know. Exactly. Like you see the fighter jets take off and you're like, that's so cool. They come back an hour and a half later and you're like, I wonder what they were doing. I'm like, well, they were out there. (laughs) You know, like they're cool and they're fast and they're loud. But like, what did they do all day? You know? Do they just fly in a circle and and land back down? Exactly. So to have that, you know, and kind of that little bit of educational piece too, in terms of like getting the family a little bit more buy-in. So now when they see, you know, the F-22 take off, that can be like, oh, she's going out to do this. You know, my dad is a maintainer. He makes that happen. Like, how exciting is that? You know, my mom's a public affairs officer. She's writing all the articles about this. Like, just getting the families more involved, I think, was probably my number one goal with this. And then, you know, the obvious benefits of like just sharing the fun parts of aviation with the world. I think it's it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's so incredible, especially being you know, going to air shows, growing up doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I lived in Cleveland, Ohio. That was a big deal for us is going to air shows. I don't know how much mm-hmm. of a big deal it was, but as a child, I just think, you know, absolutely loved oh, it. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And so, you know, going to these places and seeing all of these aircraft, it's just incredible. And then being able to actually see it and then there's a book you know that says this is what it does this is the purpose behind having that that's that's truly incredible and like you know I can see it now being sold at air shows like you know (laughs) (laughs) now I would love that I think yeah I mean again like my primary goal with this is just like get to as many kids as possible and I think it's something to be said too like you know you ask a kid fighter pilot and they think a you know white male is a very standard you know and that's just a numbers game right like that is the majority of who fighter pilots are but to really reach the demographics that aren't represented as much as well was a big priority for me you know a lot of my characters in the books are female like the f-22 is a female jet um yeah the c-17 is a female jet like i'm obviously a female pilot so to kind of have that exposure, you know, I'm a big believer in representation really being important for kids. So I was, I really am hoping that this kind of gives them an avenue to maybe see themselves, you know, in me or in the books or in, you know, the people that I can potentially connect them with later on. And I, I'm really excited about that too. I would really like to get some more diversity here in the in the aviation world. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's so incredible having the female population. I remember years ago saying, I want to learn how to fly a plane. Um, mm-hmm. My end goal was to fly a plane for Southwest just because that was the airline we always flew. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and I still would love to learn how to fly. That's just it's such an incredible talent to have, but my parents would always say, go to the Air Force Academy. Like mm-hmm. they will pick you up instantly because you are a female and you want to learn to fly. Mm-hmm. And so like breaking those demographics and barriers and everything is just so incredible to see and help young girls see themselves flying and yeah, young and boys so as well, but still. Yeah. 
And it's so important too, because, you know, we were talking earlier about civilian life, not necessarily understanding the military life just by the function of how everything's set up, right? Like there's not a lot of exposure and it's to no fault of their own. It's just, it is what it is. But yeah. I think that kind of translates too with opportunities in the military and civilians not understanding what those are. So for example, um, one of my husband's friends one day asked, are females allowed to be fighter pilots? And it's a valid question. Like if yeah. you did not grow up in this community, he didn't mean anything malicious by it. It wasn't women can't be fired. It was like, he genuinely wanted to know because he didn't understand right. that piece of it. Um, the short answer is yes. Now women can't be fired pilots, but um, <laughs> it just kind of is an example of like the general civilian population doesn't have that exposure. They don't know these things inherently like we do. Um, which is another reason I'm really excited about this series is potentially getting this out there and kind of, you know, expanding the knowledge and, having kids who didn't grow up in a military environment who are interested in, in aviation or the military or, you know, whatever aspect of it, be able to understand a little bit more what their opportunities are and what the possibilities could be for them. Um, even if they didn't grow up kind of understanding what those were. Right. And, you know, thinking, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but you see all these, these war movies out there and these mil movies that circulate around the military life and none of them really have mm -hmm. that female lead to it that mm -hmm. female service member um you know top gun it's a big big movie um and it's navy but nonetheless you know everyone wants to join the navy you know when maverick came yeah. out everyone was joining the navy yeah um, but still it's like you don't see this female lead in it necessarily and yeah. so you're like that's a really good point it's like yeah. we're getting to the point where you're seeing us you know like Maverick right. had the female they had phoenix like you've got a female yes. fighter pilot she was fantastic all about yes. it but yes but to your point it's not the lead right like when do right. you get when does that happen for female service members and um gi jane i guess you could maybe make an argument yeah. for but other than that <laughs> i'm having a hard time kind of thinking you know somebody that or of a film that does have that and like kids are seeing that, right? Like people who are wanting to go to the academy are seeing that. We want to join ROTC or, you know, enlist. Like this is what they're being exposed to if this is all they have, if they're not from a military family. So yeah, kind of bridging that gap and jumping that hurdle, I think is, is going to be the next big step in kind of getting some more diversity. Because you're right, like that's that's the best propaganda we've got, right? Like, yeah. Top gun yeah. was the best recruiting oh tool that the Navy's ever had. So yeah, I think it is definitely important to kind of get that exposure, I think. And I'll be curious to see how that how that moves forward. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I didn't see it myself, but I heard that there were Navy recruiting tables outside of the movie theater. So you could go in, you could see Top Gun, and then you so came smart. out. So smart. And you're like, smart. I'm ready to go. Oh, and I want to fly like, fighters. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That's such a good idea. <laughs> right? I know. I the marketing heart inside me is like, oh my gosh, like, let's go. Um, smarter, not harder, right? <laughs> exactly. And numbers go up when things like that happen. Yep. So I could only imagine if there is a female lead in a movie, um, you know, and there's so many stories out there where it can be yeah. a, a true story. And just seeing that, you know, and then you will see a number arise in female recruits. Oh, I know that would be so it. nice to see. Who do we need to call to make that happen? That would be I so think nice. so too. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find somebody to make this happen for us. <laughs> yeah, no, like I even remember after Top Gun came out, I've already seen it like a hundred times. And oh yeah. I was at dinner with my, or at uh, lunch with my 
family, there was a table next to us and I was overhearing like creeping on their conversation. They were talking about it. One of the guys was like, yeah, there's a female fighter pilot in it. And I was like, yeah, there's a female fighter pilot in it. Like <laughs> just, you know, hearing people talking about that, like and having the conversation and just like Manassas, Virginia and the most random place. Like it's so yeah. exciting to hear that and see that. And I think, you know, we really are moving forward in that direction and Oh man. Yeah. My dream next generation. Like, gosh, I would love to see more, more women flying. It'd be so cool. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's just, there's so much still to come. And I think it's only just a matter of time before, before we see this next boom and uh, it's going to be incredible. I can't wait for it. I hope I'm still around for that to happen. I'm young. So (laughs) let's do it. (laughs) You've got the time. Yeah, that's it. That's the goal. We got I do it while you're uh, doing Grace's lifespan. Yes. <laughs> I think too, the, um, I, one of the things I really appreciate about military lifestyle as well is the camaraderie that you have with other women Yeah. as a military kid, as a military spouse, as a military member. Like, I think there really is something to be said for like women helping women. And I've seen that throughout my entire life, you know, like you move to a new post as a kid and the first person who comes and knocks on your door is the girl that lives down the street who's looking for a new friend going into sixth grade, you know, who's now a bridesmaid in my wedding. You know what I mean? Like that and always looking out for other girls growing up, always looking out for other spouses, always looking out for other women in the military. Like there really is a special kind of niche, I think, for women in this environment um, in whatever capacity, you know, you're in whatever role you fill. Um, I think it's, it's something exceptional that not a lot of people, will know about because a lot of people are entrenched in it but um it is like there's something special about being a woman in this kind of environment whatever role that is yeah and I think we're just uh more welcoming to uh not that guys aren't welcoming because there are tons of them out there but we have that that like love feeling of like and we're able to just sit down and have a full-on conversation with each other and like you know, we treat each other like we've known each other since kindergarten. Instead, we're in like, you know, sixth grade and just meeting yeah, each other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And you've got a built-in best friend now for life. And I, oh, yeah. I wonder too, like a lot of it, I think I found that guys just kind of, I'm generalizing horribly here, but you know, just from my experience, what I found. Yeah. Like, for example, in flight, guys are so worried about like putting on like peacocking for lack of a better term is what my husband calls it, where they like their feathers and they <laughs> yeah. like walk around and want to make sure everybody knows that like they know what's up and they're here to win. And and there's that, but women are just so much more honest, I think, especially yeah. with each other. Like one of my really good friends who was, she ended up being my formation partner in flight school. Um, she's just the best. She's still a great friend of mine, but um, we would come in and be like, this sucks. Like <laughs> here, this brief is hard. Like yeah. I don't want to talk about the fuel system for the eighth time in a week. Like, I'm exhausted. My body hurts. Like, no, geez, like this just sucks. Meanwhile, the guys are like, we get to go fly today. It's going to be awesome. But what they're not telling you and what I found through being friends with these guys is that, you know, one of them is so stressed out that he throws up before he leaves his house. You know, or another one like hasn't slept in a week because he's so stressed out on his check ride. But they're not talking about that stuff. Right. So like we as women being the minority, we look at them and we're like, oh, they've got it all together. Like, what am I doing wrong? And it adds to the stress. But if right. you've got good girlfriends, you know, to talk to about this and kind of work through this with and be honest with each other, that is what saved me throughout my entire career and really probably throughout my lifestyle too. Like even as a kid, having the the best friend there, you know, that other girl army brat, you know, friend Katie lived down the street from me when we were in high school and just having somebody to kind of talk to 
you know, and commiserate with almost yeah. that you could be honest with. Um, I think there's really something to be said for that um, in the military community with, with the women that you expose yourself to. Yeah, I think so too, especially just that, you know, the guys out there just wanting to hit the next rank. And, you know, there are females out there who just want that, who don't want to, you know, same same thing. But um, you're able to, like, weed those people out. You're like, you're just here to, yeah. to get, get the rank and the recognition. And that's fine, too. But, you know, having that honest relationship, no matter your gender, is so important mm-hmm. to to say you're not in this alone. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things of the military lifestyle is knowing that you're not alone, whether you're Absolutely. a spouse, a kid, service member, veteran, et cetera. And having that transparency. And I noticed too, that when my friend Michelle and I started speaking more candidly about it, you know, in front of our other friends and for the guys that we were in flight school with, they felt more comfortable than voicing their frustrations and their stressors and, you know, them being like, oh, I'm just so stressed about this. Like, this really, this is hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And we're here for you. Like, that's what this is all about. So yeah, I think there's, there's really something to be said for that. Um, I don't remember who said it, or I'm sure it was just like some random Pinterest quote that I saw. It was <laughs> like, you know, my, my biggest goal is to be so completely myself that other people feel safe being themselves as well. And I think women in the military, you know, spouses, kids, whatever. I think we do a really good job at that is being honest to ourselves and with other people and then allowing them to kind of explore that within themselves and, you know, being there for them through that. So um, yeah, that's just a complete tangent, but um, (laughs) no, it's, yeah, it's, I think such a big, big important part of all of this kind of coming full circle is like, just be there for each other. It's so important. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. And so the last thing I want to ask you is what advice would you give to another military child? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say embrace the adventure. Like we talked about adventures not always being fun and not always being easy, but they're yeah. still adventures. And it's going to be okay. Like it'll be okay. It's hard, but it'll be okay. Like, yeah. Embrace the good and realize that the hard isn't going to last forever. And just like tap into your family, tap into your resources, you know, tap into those other military kids. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. Because if you don't have that mindset, then it's going to make it so much more of a struggle. And we're trying to avoid the struggle, not, not struggle. Yes. <laughs> Focus on the good. Focus on the adventures. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, where can listeners find you and find more about your books? Yes. So my author account is at Terry Weber writes on Instagram. That's T-E-R-I-W-E-B-E-R. So Terry Weber writes all one word um, and the books will be coming out 2024. So they'll be spaced out next year. Um, And yeah, just follow me on Instagram. You get all the, all the fun updates. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much, Terry, for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Gracie. This was so fun. Always fun to chat with another military kid. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. 
If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.